Good morning, parents. I hope you're all having a good week. And thank you for tuning into this podcast where we will recap the teachings of our first student midweek service here at First Baptist Church of Crosby. Last week, we discussed creation. Looking at the redemption story from Genesis to Revelation, in order for us to see how God is going to redeem His people, we had to start from the beginning. Well, the creation account is a pretty happy spot, and that's where we left off. God had created everything, and it was good. The first man and woman lived in harmony with God and with each other. They bore the image of God. They worked for God's glory, and all things were good. But this week, we're talking, and we talked about the fall. We can look around and see that the world is broken, that things aren't the way it should be. And this is where sin is introduced into humanity, at the fall. So instantly, in chapter 3, we're introduced to a new character, the serpent. And he's described as crafty. And we can instantly detect that there is going to be a plot twist. And this crafty serpent has a brilliant strategy. And he wants Eve to question God's goodness and care for his creation. And he asks her a question. Did God really say that you can't eat from any tree in the garden? Looking back at Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 through 17, we see that God told Adam that they could eat from every tree, except for one. And if they ate from the one God told them not to, there would be consequences. Death. I'm sure most of you are all familiar with the story of Adam and Eve. The serpent tempts them, they sin, and rebel against God by eating what he forbidden them to eat, and instantly the Bible says that their eyes were open. We see that they have shame over their physical nakedness. We see they play the blame game of who made them do it. We see God sacrificing an animal to clothe them. And now that, God, now that man had rebelled against God, they must answer for their rebellion. Instantly, instantly, when Adam sinned against God, the world changed forever. The world became fallen. It was no longer a place of unbroken fellowship between God and man. Instead, it was a place of shattered fellowship. The results of this rebellion are catastrophic. And we see God pronounces his sentence against the rebels. Ultimately, God drives them out of the garden. And the relationship that was once good and perfect and glorifying to God was now separated and shattered. The consequence for their disobedience and rebellion to God was death. We see that they didn't instantly die when they 
ate and sinned against God. But the consequence is death. We talked about why rebellion against God is such a big deal. And why does it carry such a heavy consequence like death? It's because God is perfect and holy being. He hates sin. And God in or in Adam and Eve and their sin, us and our sin, we're enemies to God. And God must deal with sin and the sinners. And his universal consequence for this is very clear. Death. God's righteousness demands punishment of sin so that God may be glorified in the perfect universe that he had created. We had talked about these three consequences of sin. Physical death. So now our physical bodies are tainted with sin. We will die. Spiritual death, being spiritually separated from God. Even though they didn't instantly die when they ate, we see that their relationship was severed. They became spiritually dead, no longer in relationship with God, needing restoration and redemption, spiritually dead. And then, the last is eternal death. Not a, you no longer cease to exist, or God annihilates you, but where physical death and spiritual death become permanent. And you and your sin experience the wrath of God for your disobedience, for your rebellion, eternally. It's really easy to read this narrative and think that it doesn't apply to us. We had to stop. We had to pull out of Genesis and we had to look at the scriptures to see what scripture says about who we are. And how sin affects us, not just Adam and Eve. See, sin doesn't just have consequences, but it has an effect on humanity as well. It affects our relationship with God. It affects the person, the sinner, the human. And it affects our relationship between others. And we looked at several scriptures that talk about who the natural man is. And Scripture is very clear that the result of the fall, every single part of man has been corrupted by sin. His mind, his will, his emotions, his heart, his flesh, everything in us and about us is affected by sin. Therefore, we are sinners by birth. We inherited the sin of Adam. But also... It's our very sin, it's our very nature, and we actively participate in sin in our own. We are completely wicked, evil, and sinful. This is called total depravity. We talked about what the Bible says about the nature of man and what the world says about the nature of man and how those 
two things contrast. See, the Bible says when you are dead spiritually, you are a rebel, an enemy to God, a child of wrath, your heart is deceitful and wicked. We are not innocent. We are all in sin. And the consequences for sin are death. And the world says you're not that bad. The world says it's not your fault. The world says that there is some good in us. And that goes in complete contradiction and complete contrast to what the Word of God says. So then we looked at three separate events in Genesis to see the seriousness of sin, the downward spiral of sin through the progression of Genesis, and the increasing corruption of sin. We looked at the story of Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. We see that Cain kills his brother because of anger, jealousy, and pride. And he acts out on those and murders his brother. We partially look through and summarize the story of Noah and read Genesis chapter 6, 5 through 8, talking about what God saw before talking to Noah and he saw that God sees that the creation that he created that was once very good was evil, continuously evil and wicked. And he was heartbroken of the sin and the wickedness of humanity. Sin had become so great on the earth that God decided to wipe creation clean with the worldwide flood. Not to rid the world of sin, but to bring punishment for their sin. And in God's grace, he made a way for his judgment of the wicked to lead to salvation of Noah and his family, of some animals, and of humanity. And we looked at the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. See, nearly two centuries later, after this global flood, we see this interesting story in Genesis. We see these people come together and devise a plan to become great on their own, to become their own God, to become as high as God. A time had passed from God's judgment of the flood, in the flood, and His mercy in the flood, but we still see in the Tower of Babel that humanity was still broken, that humanity was still sinful from the inside out. There was still a sin problem. There was still a heart problem for humanity. And we discussed that when we are left to our own desires as sinners, th bad things happen. Bad things happen. When we are left to act on our own sin, when we choose to fulfill the desires of our flesh, bad things happen. So, although this was a very hard and heavy subject, there is hope. Adam and Eve had sinned against God and sin had wrecked the world. And we had looked at the consequences of sin and its effect on our relationship with God. 
with our natural state, and with our effects on our relationships with others. And it seemed like we are doomed. Truthfully, on our own, we are doomed. But by the grace of God, in His judgment to the serpent, God gives Adam and Eve hope and mercy. And we read that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. This verse is often called the Protoevangelum, which is which means first gospel. It is the first biblical prediction of a savior, biblical prophecy of a savior and redemption for sinners. We see that we will constantly wrestle, humanity will constantly wrestle with Satan and sin, but Satan will not win. The offspring of Eve, of a woman, will crush the head of the serpent. God will redeem His people, even though they rebelled against Him, even though they deserved every ounce of punishment and wrath that God could pour out. Instead, He shows undeserved grace and mercy. This verse, Genesis chapter 3, 15, points to the promise of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one who will redeem sinners and have victory over Satan. Why is it important for us to look at the fall? One, we have to see how we got where we are today. But two, we have to have an understanding of who we are before Christ. The depths of our sinfulness reveals our helplessness to do anything right before God. That what we can't do, God has done through Jesus Christ. The fall points to our need for redemption. As hard and heavy as the fall is, we have to be able to understand the seriousness and the weight of it before we can truly understand the grace of God. Praise God that He made a way for us to be saved. By the grace of God, through faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, that we could be made new, brought to life from being spiritually dead to alive, free from the bondage of sin, and forgiven for our sin. Thank you guys for listening in. I would encourage you to have good discussion with your children. I will post the questions on the Facebook page, uh, but I will also read them out here. Talking about the severity of sin, we asked, Why is rebellion against God such a big deal? And why does it carry such a heavy consequence like death? Looking at the total depravity of man... We talked about, we asked, compare what the Bible has to say about the nature of man to what the world says about the nature of man. To the corruption and progression of sin, we asked, what do these events in Scripture, looking at Cain and Abel, 
Noah, and the Tower of Babel show us about what happens when humanity follows after our own desires. And then we talked about the hope found in the fall. Why is Genesis 3.15 good news? We had a great discussion, and we walked through this scripture and jumped around in scripture, and ultimately we ended in Genesis chapter 11. And so while Genesis 3.15, in Genesis 3.15, God gives us hope that we can hold on to, we're fallen, but there is hope, we're sinners, but there is hope. Next week, we're going to look at the covenant to redeem His people. God didn't give up on us. Instead, He enters into a covenant with Abram and chooses a nation, Israel, to be part of His redemption story. And that's what we're going to look at next week. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.